Greetings again. Thank you for listening to the Just Breathe podcast brought to you by the Demerest Child Study Team. I am Mr. Narkeesian, and I'm once again joined by Dr. Terzini Holler. Hello, Mr. Narkeesian. I miss seeing you face-to-face in quarantine, since we've been in quarantine land. I know. We're stuck in our basements <laughs> or wherever. We have a, we are getting a new roof today, so there's a lot of banging going on. So if you hear any noise, it's uh, the roofers. I blame them. Okay, sounds good. And my daughter is very scared, and she was kind of hiding behind me. Aw, she's so cute. But today, we have a special guest. Like, we always have some special guests. We have Krista White-Tennis. She's joining us. For, uh, f- she's the Director of Care Management from Bergen's Promise, and she's, we're very thankful for her to join us today. Hi, everyone. Hey, Crystal. Hello. How are you doing? <laughs> Thank you for agreeing to be part of this podcast. Sure. It's my pleasure. We're going to ask you a couple questions so the audience can get to know you and we can get to know you. What is Bergen's Promise? That's a great question. Uh, we always say that Bergen's Promise is like the best kept secret. Um, so we are the care management organization for Bergen County under the Children's System of Care, under the Division of Children and Families of New Jersey. Each county has a care management organization. Now what we do is we work with youth and families ages five to 21. Um, now they can have emotional behavioral concerns, they can have intellectual, dis- um, intellectual developmental disabilities um, or substance use issues. Um, issues with, um, you know, parenting and being able, like, family-type work. Now, we work with them free of charge. Um, all of those referrals go through Perform Care. That's our single access center. Wow, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah, we do a lot. Bergen's Promise, currently we work, currently we work with um, over 1,300 uh, children and their families. Wow. Yeah, and Crystal's organization has been very helpful to me because I've had some students with school refusal and um, they've been able to help me get some kids back into their schools. So it's they're very useful in helping with children and families who just, you know, have some challenges. Yeah, I think that what we do that really makes us stand apart is we follow the wraparound model of care which means we develop a team around each youth and their family. And that team, you know, usually um, as it develops, it's a lot of formal supports. So we'll put a therapist in um, and maybe a behavioral assistant. We work a lot with the schools, obviously. But then we're looking to build that team with um, natural supports, community-based supports, um, you know, that coach or, um, you know, that pastor uh, that the family really goes to for support because the goal at the end of the day is to build a sustainable plan and team around this youth and family so they no longer need us, right? We want to work ourselves out of a job um, because we realize that, you know, issues never just go away. There's always going to be problems. But our thought and our philosophy is that if we build a great team around this youth and family, they're going to know who they need to call for what, for what problems. Um, And we help them build that. And, you know, we have our care managers, which are, you know, our frontline workers that work with the youth and families. And our goal is that that family is going to become their own care manager after after we're done working with them and we graduate them from our services. 
So um, Oregon's Promise really is a use a very useful organization. I don't know how many parents are aware that they're around. Uh, I do try to promote them through child study team and when necessary, engage them in their services. And I've never had a regret about having them around. So um, it's a real benefit to school districts to have that extra support. Now, what would be a reason why a family would reach out uh, for assistance? Well, you know, sometimes children have the school refusal, like I spoke about before. There were times also when there may be some level of disaccord in the um, household, and they do provide free counseling mm. services. Okay. So they, they provide a set amount of counseling services and try to kind of stabilize the home so that everybody is able to function well and get back to each of their prospective roles within the family constellation. So um, they are extremely helpful. Crystal, are you able to hear us? Yes. Okay. Did, okay. did you lose me? We we lost you for a little a little bit, but we're glad you're back. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> did you so, hear me you talk were, about wraparound, or did I lose you? Yeah, that's when yeah. we started losing you a little bit in the wraparound services. Okay. Do you want me to go over that a little bit? Yes, please. Okay. Um, so, you know, the model that we follow that the Children's System of Care and all of the care management organizations follow is the wraparound model of care. Um, and what that is, is you can kind of look at the visual. You have the youth in the middle and the family, and then we literally build this team uh, that wraps around the youth and family for support, um, looking at all areas of need, um, really looking at that SAMHSA dimensions of wellness, um, you know, not just looking at, you know, the mental aspect or the behavioral aspect, um, because if you look at them kind of holistically, um, you know, sometimes if you address one need, the needs and others will go down. Um, so we developed a team. As you um, said, Michelle, we are able to put therapists in the home that can work with the youth and family. But the goal over time is to develop the team with natural and community-based supports that are going to be around while we're gone. So then the family is able to kind of tap into their supports as needed because problems are always going to come back up, right? No one's life is perfect. Um, but when we graduate someone from our services, what we want to be confident of is that they have a team around them that when a problem emerges, they know who they need to go to. And, you know, we think outside the box, it might be that basketball coach. Um, it might be that pastor, a neighbor, you know, um, you know, that we can build on this team. And it's a very individualized process for each youth and family that we work with. Yeah. So, I mean, we have had you come in a couple of times since I've been um, with Demarest and the relationship has been nothing but positive and I think parents have benefited a great deal. I do think that there is fear, maybe even a little bit of shame initially, you know, reaching out to the organization because it's hard to come to terms with, hey, listen, I need some help. But uh, every time we've been able to overcome that hurdle, the relationship has been really positive and we've been able to help students. Now, how has like recent events affected the families and children who are getting services or any type of assistance? 
We have been providing all of our services virtually um, since, since March 17th. Um, so we are utilizing uh, the GoToMeeting platform and other platforms if they're the family's preferences to have video conference meetings with them, um, still be checking in, checking in even more actually now. Um, you know, a big thing, you know, that we're, we're dealing with right now is that you know, youth and families, they're stuck in their homes together. You know, things are getting a little tense. Um, you know, so we're just providing that support. We're able to provide some financial support as well. Um, a lot of families have, you know, lost their jobs and, you know, they might be dealing with food insecurities. So we're able to kind of help them, you know, make sure that they have their basic needs met. Um, and then all of our contracted providers, um, whether that be a therapist, a behavioral assistant, um, you know, um, a clinician of some type are also providing their services virtually. Um, so we're pretty much business as usual, just it looks very different because generally we would be going into the homes to provide all of these services. Crystal, has there been an uptick? Have you seen an uptick in anxiety um, or depression since we've been quarantined? Um, you know, regarding referrals, um, they actually dropped and right now are starting to kind of pick up. Um, mm -hmm. But yes, a lot of the referrals that are coming in now are specifically kind of COVID related. Um, you know, we have a lot of youth that are dealing with um, feeling socially isolated, um, you know, anxiety regarding school, you know, it's, it varies, I know, from district to district, what level of kind of virtual learning they're getting. I know my daughter, for example, she just gets a list of things she has to do, um, you know, and then and then it's tough on the parents, right? Because we're kind of being the teachers while we're also trying to work. So there's definitely that increase of parental stress. Um, and that's another thing we provide. We provide, you know, parent coaching for the parents, family therapy, if that's something that they need. We have our um, family support organization, FSO, um, which is our partner. And they are um, individuals that at one time had a youth in the system of care. So they're really able to relate to the parents and provide that support. Um, you know, so we've definitely seen an increase in those type of types of stressors. Mm, yeah. Uh, I, I, I do see that there's going to be some more um, anxiety when we get back to school. There's been a lot, you know, people have anxiety or fear around the unknown. And there's been a lot of things that we've not been able to, a lot of questions we've not been able to answer for our students. So I think one of our tasks is going to be to make students feel really safe as they come back into, into the school district. Let them know that their second home is stable and that we are going to be taking care of them. Now, I'm actually feeling a little bit of that at, at, at my home. I've been accused of drinking water too loudly. So I'm trying to <laughs> walk on eggshells around here sometimes. Yeah. Now, you're, Crystal, you're joining us for a very special reason, or specific reason. Yes. And that is to promote something. Yeah. So, so if you don't um, mind cutting in a little bit, do you mind if I cut in a little bit? So, go ahead. Um, I was part of the six-hour, six-hour, excuse me, um, learning experience regarding the natured heart, the nurtured heart approach, and um, it is a technique. I, I, it's a philosophy, but when I go in to observe 
uh, new teachers, sometimes I tell them, hey, why don't you look up this nurtured heart approach? It's really a great way to formulate a relationship with the student and kind of energize those positive behaviors. And so when I found out that you were all um, providing some training, I thought that it would be a really perfect opportunity. Originally, I contacted you at the beginning of the year, but I didn't want to drop this because we have parents at home, like you pointed out, Crystal, who are being teachers right now. And this approach is really a great way to interact with your own child or with students to get them kind of on board. So having said that, why don't you tell us a little bit about the Nurtured Heart approach? Yeah, so, um, you know, in, in addition to being the, the director of care management at Bergen's Promise, I'm also an advanced trainer in the Nurtured Heart approach. Um, it was actually a grant that um, uh, the Children's System of Care obtained um, in order to get um, a lot of the providers um, trained to become certified trainers in the Nurtured Heart approach. Um, it was initially thought of as a great um, strategy to work with those youth that are in out-of-home facilities, um, a way to reduce any restraint or seclusion, um, just a different approach, really just a different way of looking at things. I had the honor of um, doing uh, two um, intensive trainings, which are a week long each uh, with the founder of the Nurtured Heart Approach. His name is Howard Glasser, um, and it was just an, an amazing experience. Um, so, you know, the Nurtured Heart Approach, you can use it in so many different ways. It was originally, you know, kind of, you know, Howard Glasser, um, he was struggling with those really intense, challenging children. Um, now, when you think of a really intense child, you might think of a child with, um, you know, ADHD or oppositional defiant disorder. Um, and he was finding that, you know, those traditional ways of working with, with children and their families, it just wasn't working. Um, and at times it was, it was almost making things worse. Um, so he started to look at it um, and it really focuses on energy. Um, it focuses on being mindful of where we are putting our energy. Um, and as you, as you indicated, Michelle, making sure that we're energizing the positive, right? Energizing what's going well. I always reflect it, you know, to organizations, for example, as a leader of an organization, you know, you think about it when you do your job and you do it right, <clears throat> what do you get, right? You usually get good job, um, thanks, right? Or maybe nothing. Maybe it's just you're, you're doing your job and, and they're not going to say anything, but you do something wrong or you make a mistake. That's when we generally get that energy. <clears throat> and it can be very discouraging and, you know, and very unmotivating to try to do better. Um, so that same kind of philosophy is, is what is taken with youth in, in this approach um, for parents, for teachers, um, you know, administrators. Um, you know, you can use it with all children now, not just those, you know, intense children. And I've seen it. I use it with my own child. Um, you know, it's, it works. It really does. And the overall goal is to help children really develop what they call inner wealth, um, you know, which is kind of just a strong kind of self-concept of what they think about themselves. Um, and it talks a lot about like greatness, right? And that word can be funky to some people, 
Um, you know, but you know, you get through a rough day, right? Instead of focusing on how rough that day was, think about what what greatness in me got me through that day, right? I was patient, I was determined, I was motivated, right? And then you hold on to that. And it's like, wow, I, I can do this. You know, it's motivating, it's encouraging. Um, and it really, in the end, <clears throat> leads to more resiliency in our children. Now, when I was looking at the three stands of, of the nurtured heart, I've noticed right away uh, the second one, which is the absolute yes um, stand, and that is energizing uh, positive stuff. Now, as a coach of sports, I know that we've kind of, when I was a head coach, I would th- uh, we kind of cha- we cha- I changed a lot of things. I hated doing things the same way all the time. And part of that process was when we energized the yes, basically uh, being very specific about our praise and how we worded our praise, we saw a difference in the performance of our student athletes. So I recognize that. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, th- and that absolutely, yes, that that challenges us to energize all all positivity, right? So even energizing any small things, any baby steps, you know, you think about any goal that we have, you know, there's steps that it takes to, to get to that goal. And if we're energizing all of those baby steps and we're creating successes, sometimes we have to create successes you know, and really point it out to youth when they're, when they're doing something good and using firsthand examples, right? Take a kid that maybe his whole life has been told he's disrespectful. You're disrespectful. You're disrespectful. So inside him, he's developing this portfolio of himself that says, I'm disrespectful. So if you go up to this kid and you say, I know you're respectful, that's not going to mean much to them, right? Because they've heard so many times that they're disrespectful. But if you can acknowledge and kind of catch them in the moment and say, I saw you do that right there. And you know what? That was really respectful. They can't deny it. Um, And then they start to kind of develop that inside themselves and believe, you know, in themselves that they are respectful, just as an example. I, I very much believe that each person has an inner wealth. Each person has a superpower, you know? Um, I think the problem with our culture right now is that we look to that superpower being something that, that is seen on Instagram by everyone, right? But really that inner wealth is something, is a, is a quiet, calm strength. And every child, every single child has that. Every single child has a superpower. So that, that's something that I really love about this philosophy. Absolutely. I love that, that superpower. That's so strong. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I think, you know, when a child is, and I'm going to put this in, you know, air quotes, misbehaving, they don't want to misbehave. Children want to make the adults in their lives happy. When a child is unable to to do that, it means that they're asking for help in something. It means that they're asking to be able to access their superpower. And I really think that the nurtured heart approach helps children Um, be able to get in touch with that so that they can come to the tasks, their developmental tasks. Yeah. It looks, look at it as a way of, I mean, I, when I always develop activities or lessons or whatever, I'm just looking at different ways to, to, to give students a a chance to communicate whatever they're feeling because not everyone can speak their feeling or, or write their feeling. There's other ways to communicate it. And if that's developed, 
you're going to find um, different voices that are going to communicate these things. And this is just another tool. You know, we talk about um, sticking to our curriculum, but I mean, it's rare that we do have social emotional kind of learning in our curriculum. And this uh, looks like it's another tool to help develop that in our students. Crystal, wouldn't you say that it's a way of being? It, it, it definitely is a way of being. Something that, you know, I learned very quickly when I was going through the training process to become a certified trainer was it's not something that, you know, you, you learn and a technique that you use. It's something that you are. It's just, it's, it's the way that you talk to people. It's the way that you think about things, you know, and it's a lot of self work too, for the people that are, are using nurtured heart approach, because stand one is I will absolutely, absolutely no. So I will not energize negativity. And that's really hard right? It, I know as a mother, um, you know, it's very difficult because those kids know how to push your buttons, um, you know, try to get kind of that, that, you know, energy out of you. Um, and it takes a lot of inner strength and inner wealth from the parent or who, you know, who, or the teacher, you know, or whoever it is to be able to kind of, you know, take a breath and not energize that and then find something good to energize, to show the kids, like, this is where you're going to get me, right? This is where you're going to get my energy. You're going to get my relationship. Um, the nurtured heart approach, you know, kind of goes away from that. They want attention and says they want relationship. Um, because that's truly what these our kids want. Mr. Nikazian, you know, I've been in your classroom and I, I you definitely practice tenets of this philosophy. I, I think, you know, if you're able to come to see our one hour presentation, I think you'll recognize certain pieces of yourself. Well, I mean, I'm noticing a lot of it. I mean, I've changed a lot um, because I always like to change and when you get that relationship and I, you know, with that student, you find that common bond in the way you approach them and um, like energizing things that they they're good at and hopefully encourage them to maybe uh, try new things that they could potentially be good at is always a great thing for me. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I before I became um, a member of a child study team, I was a teacher and the thing that I really came to as a teacher is that I was using my subject area, I taught French and ESL, really as a mechanism for developing relationships. Sure, the kids learned the curriculum. Sure, you know, they did well. I had a lot of French students placed in advanced um, college level language classes. But really, at the end of the day, it was about the relationship. And um, I think that's what you're saying, Crystal. We're, we're not really looking at behaviors per se, but we're looking at building relationships so kids feel good um, about their superpower and that when that happens, they tend to be much more engaged academically and socially and emotionally. Absolutely. Um, you know, it really is all about relationships um, and, and it can expand out, you know, so much further. Um, you know, we, we've actually at Bergen's Promise um, you know, we have taken the initiative to implement nurtured heart approach just in our organizational culture, um, you know, recognizing, you know, coworkers, you know, for their greatness or their superpower, as you say, I, I love that I might steal it, um, you know, and kind of, you know, 
making sure that we're energizing what's going right. You know, I mean, we have to talk about, you know, those, those youth that are challenge, challenging, you know, or struggling. Um, but we want to hear those positive stories and we really want to energize them as, as much as possible. Um, you know, and, and it motivates the staff and motivates the staff and motivates the families, um, you know, and it just kind of enhances the relationships that we all build with each other. Yeah, we, we actually just talked about this, how we're finding a lot of our uh, population um, who are thriving in this environment. So they're enjoying this uh, freedom and this diff alter alternate setting and the pacing. And uh, it's, it's, it's kind of funny to see that. Yeah, I mean, it's really, there's been some real positive um, outcomes here. Listen, I'm not taking away from the students that are struggling. Some of our students are struggling. They're missing the human interaction that the schoolhouse brings. But I will tell you that the, the really lovely surprise has been how many of our students, like Mr. Nikazian said, are doing really well in this virtual world. So, so you, you never know. You never know what um, what good things you're going to find. Yep. And I, and I mean, even even those that maybe aren't aren't doing so well, they're getting through, you know, so so they have something in them that, that's helping them get yeah. through. And we want to energize that as well. You must be a trained social worker. Am I right? Um, I am not a social worker. I am a licensed professional counselor and a licensed drug and alcohol counselor. <laughs> Okay, because um, I find that there's always that really super positive um, piece, you know, what you said, what you were talking to is resilient. So kids don't necessarily have to thrive, but they are showing us that there is a certain level of resilience by making it through. I love that. That's so great, yeah, Crystal. The greatness of resiliency. I, I yeah. am a licensed forklift operator. So. <laughs> <laughs> you, you need to get your license in quiet water drinking. Yeah, quite, yeah, sipping. Um, okay, here we go. Let's get to the fun part. What is the craziest thing the both of you have done in this isolation? Oh, Chris, I wish I could say I've been crazy. I haven't been crazy at all. I've been crazy working. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Chris? You know, yeah, I can't really say I've done much crazy. Well, all right, I have something. Um, we, you know, all of the parks were closed. My daughter is not one to stay in the house. She is a busybody, so I've been trying to get her out as much as possible. And we have these woods nearby. Um, so she wanted to go explore in the woods and she had gone with her grandfather, you know, a few days ago. She's like, I know it. And I'm like, okay. Um, but she wants to bring the dog. We have a little multi poo. So I'm like, all right, we'll bring the dog for a walk in the woods. Now, little did I know that these woods had all these streams and you have to walk across all these rocks and, and all of this. And I had to do it while holding a dog in my arms. Um, so I think my arm still hurts. <laughs> um, I guess that that's about the craziest. Um, but I agree, Michelle, work. You know, I, I'll just share. We, you know, we, we left the office and I brought all this stuff home. I'm like, oh, all these projects I'll be able to get into. I haven't touched them. It's for me, it's so much harder to work from home. <laughs> yeah. You know, I also felt like you, I felt like, Oh, I'm going to be working from home. I'll have extra mm -hmm. time. There, there have been these projects that have been on my mind. I'll get to them. And I have not been able to. 
And I felt some solace in reading a New York Times article that um, basically said, give yourself a break. You're not going to find any extra time during quarantine. Just be happy that you are getting up, that you're doing what you need to do. And if you make a difference, so be it. If not, it's okay just to make it through the day. And I was like, oh, that feels good. That feels really good to hear that, that advice, you know? That is the greatness of self-acceptance and giving yourself a break. <laughs> well, yeah. I agree. Um, we've, I think we've all had to give ourselves a break. Wouldn't you say that Mr. Um, Nikazian? Yeah, I guess you got to take it easier on yourself, but, um, I grew very, uh, very ornate facial hair and, uh, <laughs> it got to the point where it was starting to curl and it turned into a handlebar mustache. So that was like the, my mother's day <laughs> gift to my wife was to shave it off. But as, as, Michelle, as you can tell, I was, I've been shooting videos of myself in the workshop, building stuff. Uh, yeah. For STEM. For, my, for STEM. It's, for it's STEM been amazing. That's been fun to do. Can I, I just want to say one thing, Chris, I think that that is a really positive um, thing that's come out of, of um, our quarantine is for kids to see workshops such as yours, because I mourn the loss of the workshops in the high school, the wood well, workshops, um, the draft classes. Again. I don't know if you know this, uh, but everyone used to have wood shop, metal shop, all that stuff. But now it's it's not called anything like wood yeah. shop or metal shop. It's called STEM, and they're, and they're putting it they're putting it right. back in schools, which is great, you know. And I love that. And I think your shop just shows kids that, hey, there's another way of being productive that's really useful and that really can contribute to society. So I think it's great. Yeah, I always like to kind of link uh, whatever projects we do in STEM with real world applications when we're doing making electrical circuits or we're building whatever. So you're like, hey, you know, it's not, you know, in math class where you're always like, when am I ever going to use this? Well, this is how you when you're going to use it. Yeah. And try and try to make that link. Okay, last, last question before we wrap it up. Okay. What is in, uh, in, you know, now that we're kind of hidden from the world, we can kind of do some gluttonous <laughs> eating. What is the, 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 I guess, the most gluttonous, I don't even know if that's the proper wording, thing that you have consumed? Do you want to go, Crystal? You can go uh, first. Let me think. Um, it's funny because I, I generally eat very healthy, and I've definitely noticed that change. Um, the other night, uh, I binged on Taco Bell. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Pretty bad. So, <laughs> so for me, I kind of like you also, I like, you know, sometimes I'm doing a little vegetarian thing. I'm, uh, you know, kind of watching what I eat. I will say that I have gained the COVID 10. Uh -huh. Um, absolutely. And I have been eating foods that I really have not indulged in, in a very long time. Uh, there are multiple cookies in my day. Um, <laughs> I have also eaten a great deal of pizza, pizza with all types of really naughty toppings. And, um, I find myself kind of munching throughout the day. Wow. I, I lost the COVID five with just shaving my mustache. <laughs> Good for you. I'm going to say the most gluttonous thing is I have reverted back to, on occasion, you know, some of those mornings when you get up early, you don't feel like working out and there's something you want to binge watch before everybody else wakes up. I have been reverting back to the Saturday morning cartoon days of the giant bowl of cereal. 
and just sitting there and eating cereal. So there was a cartoon, a Lucky Charms ca- cartoon the other day. And I was like, wow, that used to be my favorite cereal. I haven't had that in a long yeah. time. And I had Life cereal for the first time in years. You guys so are making funny. me want Captain well, Crunch. At least <laughs> I'm totally going to get it today. So I just want to put a plug in for Crystal and her colleague will be joining us on a, what is it called? Go it's webinar? It's a go-to go meeting. Okay, go to meeting on May twenty eighth with the which is a Thursday at six thirty, and I will be putting out a general announcement to the entire community, and I hope that we have a lot of parents and teachers join us. And we are doing this to celebrate Wellness Month. May is Mental Health Month. I like to call it Wellness Month, and the DPAC, the Demers Child Study Team, is sponsoring this. And I want to thank Crystal for being so open to presenting her material on this virtual platform. Thank you so much, Chris. No problem. Very exciting. You know, the thing about nurtured heart is I get energized from training it. So it's mutually beneficial. Whenever I finish a nurtured heart training, I, I just feel so energized. So I love to do it. Great. I can't wait to be energized next uh, Thursday. Well, Dr. Trezini Hollis, thank you again. Thank you, Mr. Nikazian. We're a good team, that's for sure. We are, we are. Okay. Oh, wow. I just heard something crash outside. Those guys are working hard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, thank you for joining us for the Just Brew podcast. We will see you.